Hey everyone, uh, this is Bobby Navia, um, co-host of The Couch. Uh, you'll notice that this episode abruptly ends. Uh, this is on purpose. Uh, the reason I did this is because uh, when Dorian and I originally recorded this episode, we talked about Laura Mars and uh, two other movies in the 70s style icons collection uh, that is still on uh, Criterion Channel. And I just didn't want to cram uh, three three movies into one episode. So this one uh, is a shorty on purpose. And uh, our next episode will be about uh, performance directed by Donald Kamel and Nicholas Rogue and shampoo directed by Hal Ashby. So uh, I hope you've been enjoying our quarantine watch list chats and uh, be on the lookout for the next episode. Thanks very much. Um, but no, was it like, uh, over the, was it like over the weekend or on Monday, uh, you told me that on, uh, well, th- I'm Bobby Navia. Oh yeah. Hey, let's do that. Uh, I'm Dorian Weinzimmer. And welcome everybody back to the couch. Another, uh, another episode this week. Yeah. Uh, another fun filled week at home. C- yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, uh, this week we're going to be talking about Criterion's, uh, uh, 70, what is it? I have it up right 70s here. 70s style icons collection. 70s style icons collection. 13 films. Uh, and uh, Dorian sent me the description of one movie, uh, and it led to my very first Criterion Channel view. Nice. Oh, that was uh, that was number so one for uh, you? That was number one. All right. Well. Number one. All right. We could do better. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I, but yeah, I but your follow-ups have been have been excellent. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, no, so yeah, the movie was uh, The Eyes of Laura Mars. Um, yes. Which I, I don't know how the fuck I'd never even heard of this movie before. I mean, this wasn't even I like... I know when you, when you sent it to me, I was like, wait a minute, like... Yeah, I saw. How are you surprised about this too? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I was fucking shocked because it's like, yeah, it's 1978. It's basically like a Hollywood Hollywood doing a giallo style film, which yeah. anyone who listens or knows me knows like that's my shit. Um, but uh, but yeah, 1978, directed by Irvin Kershner, um, yeah. who went on to direct uh, Empire Strikes Back directly after this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I like to think this movie somehow got him that job. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> fucking know. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, directed by Irvin Kirshner, stars uh, Faye Dunaway and Tommy Lee Jones and Brad Dorif in a small part. Um, it was and it was uh, uh, originally written by John Carpenter. Um, yeah, it was a spec script. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, you know, they had some of their fucking studio people like reworked it a bit so he wrote the original draft but apparently a lot you know was was changed um yeah including who the villain was who the bad guy right yeah that's right end up becoming yeah um and there was something else that was like i think it was like the ending and the villain which like changed or something like that yeah i'm i'm guessing i mean the the whole love story in the movie is so fucking schmaltzy that just feels like a hollywood love story just shoehorned into an attempt at a giallo film Yes. Um, cause let me tell you, love and giallo films, it ain't, it ain't that dressed up, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's more what you'd call fucking, um, right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and you know, most of the time, at least, you know, in, in the better giallo films, it's consensual fucking, um, right. But right. <laughs> I want you and you want me. And yeah. Want yeah. We both, we, we both des- are desirous of this activity. Um, <laughs> 
to put it in the least erotic terms possible. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so yeah, so we just sat down and immediately watched it and I sent the screenshot to you and like, you know, Ben and Tyler as well. And everyone was like, have you got like, nobody had heard of this movie either. Um, you know, we found out why after we watched it, which is, it's, it's not great. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's fun. You know, I enjoyed yeah. watching it and there's some neat things about it again, like seeing Faye Dunaway and Tommy Lee Jones, like play a giallo kind of like storyline and characters and everything was, you know, that was very novel, uh, yeah, in yeah. its own way. But, uh, but yeah, it's just, you know, it, it some of the, I guess trepidation I was feeling once the initial holy shitness of just discovering this movie kind of like subsided and I was able to think about it a little more objectively. I was like, well, but yeah, you know, but what's great about Giallo is just that Italian sense of excess, you know, mm-hmm. and that just overly Baroque stylization of everything, every element, turning every murder into its own form of art and like, you know, that type of shit really emphasizing the more base aspects of the film and turning those kind of into art in their own way when they're normally considered just very exploitative or, um, you know, kind of sensationalist, uh, elements to a film or a book or, uh, you know, photography or painting or whatever. Right. Um, so, you know, there's, there's that. And, and Irvin Kirshner is not really the guy in a, you know, American filmmaking ever that strikes me as the, <laughs> you know, the right choice for that type of movie. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, so it, you know, it's, it's, yes, again, it's the novelty of just like, wait, the guy who directed Empire Strikes Back fucking directed <laughs> this, you know, makes you go like, fuck yeah, let's do this. But then when you think yeah. about it a little bit more critically, you're like, wait a second, this is totally not the guy for this movie. Yeah. Um, you know, but, uh, but man, you know, it starts fucking strong though. Uh, cause oh, yeah. they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so she plays a photographer, like a, a high fashion photographer, like art photographer, Mm-hmm. Um, Faye Dunaway does named Laura Mars and uh, the movie starts with a uh, well there's a little setup thing with her having her first sort of like vision you know of uh, which she just chalks up as a dream um, and then wakes up in like the coolest fucking bedroom of all time uh, <laughs> so many but, mirrors oh my so god <laughs> yeah but uh, um uh, then it, it moves promptly into a scene where she's having a big opening for uh, like an art exhibit of her photography and this new book that's being published of a lot of her f- uh, photography and shit like that, which is very, very, um, you know, which is very sensationalist. Um, and I, I don't mean that in a, in a in a bad way. Actually, I think her photography in this movie is fucking outstanding. And oh, it's I, cool as fuck. Yeah, I would pay lots of money for like any one of these photographs. They're they're really truly excellent. And they did in the credits. You know, there are uh, uh, was one guy Helmut Newton mm-hmm. and someone else. I think that was his name. And someone else uh, were credited as the the photographers for all of the, the Laura Mars photography at the end of the film. And I mean, they you could tell when I was watching it too. I was talking to Hannah. I was like, there is no way Irvin Kirshner took these photographs. Oh no! Like no, no. I mean, these these are so good, and like you know, even if even if you are a great filmmaker, um, that doesn't mean you're going to be a great photographer. <laughs> Those yeah, are right. Extraordinarily exactly. different skill sets, even though they obviously revolve around you know the creation of images. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very different kind of kind of aesthetic, and uh, takes a very different kind of eye and, and discipline and everything. But you know, some people can, can have crossed that bridge successfully, but. Uh, Irvin Kirshner would not be, you know, at the top of my list if I had to guess, you know, 
Um, <laughs> Stanley Kubrick, for instance, was a photographer for a while before he went into filmmaking. And I think that's, yeah, uh, I think you can tell, you know, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, but anyway, so yeah, these, these, so this, there's this art exhibit, which also is like, this all plays into great, like giallo territory. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you've always got to have an artist of some sort that becomes an amateur detective checking that off the list right off the bat, you know, yeah. um, she's a much more accomplished artist, which is kind of what was, I thought was kind of a cool, like Hollywood kind of twist on the giallo formulas. Usually it's more like a, I'm a writer, like, you know, in Rome trying to get my inspiration for the next book or whatever, you know, it's not like some right, super right. famous person, um, or, you know, I'm like, I'm a jazz pianist and like, sure, locally I'm like known, but I'm not this like, you know, international sensation or anything. Um, mm-hmm. so to have her, you know, the, the artist character at the, uh, center of this one be a very famous and like well-known and accomplished artist was, you know, kind of a cool, you know, just American twist on it. Like, Hey man, yeah, it's the land of opportunity, man. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so I dug all that and then, yeah, the photography was fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Really. You know, it was like models in high fashion, like posed in very gruesome, you know, like murder scenes. Yeah. Um, it was it was like high fashion crime scene photography mm-hmm. was kind of like, I guess, the easiest way of giving the high concept pitch, you know. Um, yeah, it was marrying a lot of like sex and violence yeah. you know, together as them being both like, uh, you know, I don't know sex is a very striking thing if you're seeing it just at all. And also in in the same way that like violence can be and like she's putting them up against like cars that are you know staged to be crashed and on fire while you know girls are fighting in like bikinis and shit like yeah that in a particular ripping a scene yeah ripping yeah. the clothes off of each other and shit like that it's right right yeah no it's it's great um great great stuff so yeah it so it sets everything up really well and that whole scene inside of like the art exhibit opening and everything it's super glitzy and like flashy and yes is a you know excessive in terms of stylization of everything not yeah, so yeah. much in the, you know, camera work or like editing, but just in the, you know, the whole production design of, of everything. And yeah, it's very fun. And it got me super, super excited about the movie. Um, but yeah, you know, there wasn't, you know, didn't really have any juicy kills in it. No, they it's were all, all pretty basic. It's pretty tame. You know, the murderer even has a good, you know, signature that the murderer stabs their eyes out. Yeah, uh, with, with an ice pick. pick. Yeah, so it's you know it's cool. It's obviously it has a lot of intent. Like there's something very specific there that this murderer is doing. So that just deepens the mystery. You're like, why the eye? You know, what's this thing with the ice pick to the eyes? Yeah, and it's only one eye. Like they cover like in the visions, like oh yeah, covers one eye and like stabs the other one. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, but um, but anyway, you know they're not they're not done in a super graphic fashion. Uh, so you don't you know it's you don't get those Dario Argento kill sequences yeah, uh, yeah which you know he's honest in all honesty he's really the only one who ever did that <laughs> right right um you know but still you usually most of the other at least good giallos did have still some pretty over the top gore effects and you know shit like that because they were still mm-hmm. playing into the sensationalist kind of sleaze of it yeah and right. um, you know this one this one tried to class it up a bit mm-hmm. uh and i'm not sure that's what i ever wanted for my giallo um I think uh, I actually uh, I liked the movie, um, and uh, I think it I think it is uh, um, it's kind of like it, it feels to me like a, a Hollywood remake. Um, yeah, in the sense that like it it just sort of takes like the 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 bare essential elements of like the genre of giallo 
and puts them into a Hollywood movie. So even <clears throat> like the more and more I've thought about it, like while I like the subtle references to Giallo, I question it being called an American Giallo at all. Yeah. I think if it maybe wasn't called, you know, Hollywood's American Giallo, then I'd probably be able to like separate uh, myself a more, more from, you know, cause even hearing you talk about what, what, you know, Giallo is and the movies that I've seen and like, you know, the, the excess there and the artistry there. It's like, aside from that opening scene, like there's not much more excess than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if there is any, it's just the, uh, more of her photography that comes in throughout the movie, like periodically. Yeah. Other than that, it's a lot, it's a lot more of like a, you know, psychological thing because we're just trying to figure out who's doing these murders. And there's a maybe a supernatural element to it, which is she can see the murderers happening through the killer's eyes. Mm-hmm. And like that's probably the only like giallo thing. Other than that, it is like a tried and true like procedural in yeah. the Hollywood sense. And so, you know, and I think that's kind of why I like it more, because as I was watching it, I was like, yeah, OK, I can see like a giallo element, but this isn't a giallo to me. This is just, you know, like, yeah. A, you know what I mean? No, so. I think that's a good distinction to make. It is a yeah. it is a Hollywood movie with some giallo influence. It's not. Yeah, yeah it's not Hollywood doing a giallo film. It's just no, it, no, yeah. no, it's not. They're no. they're doing their own thing, but yeah. <laughs> and you can you know you can kind of imagine too. That's where some of the John Carpenter is. You know, it's probably those giallo because he probably I'm guessing the script that he wrote is probably more of a straight mm-hmm. giallo film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and yeah. Because uh, yeah, you're you know there are there are definitely a, a number of elements to this movie that don't you know fit in with what would be a giallo film. Like even actually the supernatural element of her being able to see through the killer's eyes. Yeah, um, that's a that's kind of outside of the realm of giallo because there was yeah. usually not usually a supernatural element. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that's why that's why people kind of say that Suspiria, the original one, isn't isn't technically a giallo film because it's dealing with witches and the supernatural and stuff. That's not really uh, you know okay, the genre. Yeah, the, yeah, you know yeah. those movies are basically like crime thrillers. You know, right? right They're right, just right. like psychosexual, yeah. hyper stylized crime thrillers. But at the end of the day, it's fucking you know catch the killer. Right. You know, is yeah, that's right. that's the movie, and there's always a killer uh, to be caught, mm-hmm. and there's always an explanation for everything that happens. You know, there's always yeah. seemingly supernatural things happening, but mm-hmm. then in the end, you always find out no, that's not actually you know what was happening, right? Uh, right. Or there's some seemed- sort of logical explanation for what why that happened that way or whatever. So it kind of seems like uh, with any like rewrites that were done in the movie, I feel like the rewrites happened. Like, I think, like you said, like, right when, you know, they leave the funeral for mm-hmm. the two, right? It's, it's the funeral for the two girls, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they, like, make out in the forest. And then from there, <laughs> it's like a mad dash. Yeah. It's Dude, a that mad forest, dash. that forest scene was like, I, I was like, no, no. I was, like, begging the movie not to do <laughs> what it was doing. It was just, I could just, it was all just crumbling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was, like, a, it just felt like there was a mad dash to sort of, you know, find a proxy killer have a you know a chase sequence you know with a car sequence in the middle of it and then get to the end where he does the monologue and there's a nice little twist which i like the twist and then move yeah. it over you know mm-hmm. um because uh uh but other than that like i th- thought from the beginning to that funeral like i was kind of you know 
I was in. Not that I wasn't never not in, but yeah, the love story was just really like, hold up, this is just yeah, you know. And they they sort of really like Raul Julia as in it is as his uh, as uh, <laughs> Faye Dunaway's right. ex husband, who I was kind of digging like this like really shitty dude who just is like hopping from like you yeah know, socialite <laughs> to socialite <laughs> to write his book. <laughs> Like, what a skis, man. Yeah. He was just like, he was just like owned it so well, too. I was like, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. He was just the ultimate mooch. You know, he's like, he's like one of those, you know, faux successful mooches who, you know, always, <laughs> always appears like he's got money and is like successful, but actually hasn't done anything and doesn't have shit. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, he, he, his character felt a little giallo to me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would say maybe out of all the characters in it, like him. Yeah, he's because I feel like there's always one guy I'm trying to figure out who the killer is, and I feel like I always pick that guy. And even Giallo, I watch, I'm like, it's the fucking writer who's mooching. Off yeah, of no, exactly. He's he's yeah. the perfect red herring character. He you is. Know? Like, he really he's, is. It's like the movie doesn't have to because if the movie made any effort to make him actually seem like a suspect. Uh-huh. Like if they had actually found some evidence of him or something like that, you know, that would feel like, okay, they're trying too hard to push me in this direction. He's clearly not actually the killer. Right. But, right, 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 right. But just by virtue of, um, you know, his character traits, you immediately suspect him. And when the movie doesn't give you any evidence to, you know, su- further suspect him, you right. start to go, oh, maybe it's him, you know, maybe it actually is him. <laughs> he's got the motive. Like I know he's yeah. got the motive. But like the movie, it seems like it's trying to downplay him. So then it kind of mm-hmm. threw by virtue of like not pointing the finger in his direction. Yeah. It kind of points your mind in that direction, you know? Yeah. And, and he kind of uh, disappears for a little bit too. Exactly. Like, yeah. In the middle of all this. And right. So it's you like, don't really know where he show, is. Right. Doesn't show back up until the, the elevator at the end. Uh, That's right. Yeah. You know, he shows up in the elevator to, you know, for whatever reason, but. I guess to reveal, you know, uh, who the who the real killer is. So, mm. yeah, um, you know, so so yeah, all that type of stuff kind of adds up, you know, with with mm-hmm. that type of character, it makes it feel like a, a very plausible one. But then every time, it's never that character, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Because yeah, yeah, they can't yeah. make it that character, and yeah, because uh, that would be too obvious. But. Um, I mean, overall, like I I enjoyed the movie. I really i i liked uh, I liked watching. I'm actually kind of glad that that was my first movie on Criterion only because I haven't really watched a lot of like uh, American classics, I guess, uh, you know, ever. And so being able to have, you know, gone on a bit, a bit of a like giallo journey with you in, in recent years and then be able to see, you know, Hollywood's attempt at, you know, weaving some giallo into, you know, uh, uh, you know, a cop procedural. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very nice to like have a, a firm ground of like giallo and then be like, oh, okay, I see what you did here. I would never in a million years call this a giallo, but if mm. you want to sell it as that fine, yeah. but <laughs> it's not, um, you know, and this is just like a really, you know, a, a really okay, you know, cop procedural. And, uh, I think the twist at the end, like Tommy Lee, uh, spoiler alert, Tommy Lee Jones is the guy, he's the killer. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, um, I liked his twist uh, to it. I like the the double personality thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was uh, it was definitely an interesting way to go with it. Um, yeah, but yeah, what really bothered me though was that in the end, um, it uh, 
you know, it never created any kind of reason whatsoever for these like psychic moments where she, where, uh, fade, where Laura Mars was experiencing these kills mm-hmm. through the killer's eyes. Mm-hmm. There was nothing there. You know, they, they never bothered to draw any kind of, you know, because there's always going to be something like, oh, I don't know, she got like a retinal transplant, you know, and it was like, oh, 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 you know, okay, his okay, grand, or yeah. like they're related or some shit, you know, it's yeah, like, it's going to yeah. be a stupid explanation, but it's something at least, but it's just like, nope, they don't even, yeah. they don't even make an attempt right. to try to explain. Cause like, you know, they also imply that basically she's been seeing these murders uh, for much longer than Mm -hmm. you know just the current events of the movie like in the events of the movie the visions are intensifying to the point where she's actually like in first person experiencing the murder through the killer's eyes as he murders someone um Mm -hmm. but uh you know they're talking about her earlier like you know murder these like when she started doing these like murder scene photography uh shoots like high fashion murder scenes and um she says that like, Oh, a couple years prior, she just started like, you know, would just start having these visions of like a murder scene. And, you know, it turns out that her photographs are remarkably similar to actual crime scenes, um, from a serial killer that they've been tracking for like a couple of years and, uh, photos of which they've never released to the public. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. nobody, you know, she's never seen these in newspapers or anything like that. And yet her own photos are almost like perfect recreations of them. So obviously she's been seeing, you know, through this person's eyes for like a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then now it starts to intensify in the like couple of weeks or whatever that this movie takes place. Uh-huh. And, you know, to the point, yeah, where she's actually experiencing it in first person. And then she finds out the killer is actually Tommy Lee Jones, who literally at no other point in their lives had ever met each other prior to like the first scene of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And for some reason, she's been seeing through his eyes all these years, and mm-hmm. then she kills him, and that's <laughs> that's that. <laughs> Done. What you got questions? Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, I, I like when I thought back to the movie too. Like he, I mean, Tommy Lee Jones doesn't, you know, introduce himself as a police officer at the party, does he? Uh, no, he does not. I mean, I'm not trying to find an answer to like, you know, what you're what you're saying is not there. I'm not trying to, you know, say like, but hey, there's this and there's this and there's this. But sometimes I guess I'm just kind of okay with like not an explanation because like the movie's just so far fetched anyways. Like I'm like, obviously, there's going to be stuff here that's like to explain it would be something like really even more dumb than like a retinal transplant, maybe, you know? Yeah. But whereas nothing... like back in the whereas in like back in like the seventies or back in like the actual uh the giallos, like even a retinal transplant would make like sense there, but would it in like Hollywood? Like is that are you saying like that kind of inspira- uh that kind of explanation you would have wanted more or I'm I'm just saying it's actually for how this movie is actually not far fetched at all. Mm-hmm. It's completely mired in reality. Like there's yeah, yeah. nothing except for this one giant element <laughs> and it just, it sticks out like a sore thumb and not in a good mm-hmm. way. It just seems like a big loose end. That's like, wait, but everything about this is so grounded. Yeah. And like, and I mean, there's literally, this is just literally like completely random out of nowhere. She just starts seeing through this other person's eyes. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's just, it's like, how could you not have a giant fucking question about that? You know, like that doesn't make any fucking sense at all. You know, and again, if there were other elements to this movie that were unexplainable or more like supernatural, then like, sure, you know, maybe yeah, that's just what we're dealing with. But as it stands, it's it, there's just this one thing and it just stands out as like something they just decided. Oh. Anyways. Uh, uh, so, yeah. So anyway, the you know, the yeah. fact that there's, you know, I'm, I'm totally cool with unanswered questions and things that are like beyond the realm of understanding and whatever and movies containing those components but it's like that's got to be part of like a larger you know tone and atmosphere and structure that you've kind of like built the movie around mm-hmm. uh and this it's like everything again you know as you said it's just this is a straight ahead police procedural yeah and, right. you know so everything about this is so like you know i don't know logical and just grounded and mm-hmm. um you know have this one enormous element that just like never even you know gets addressed like that it just it, it reads to me a lot more like something that was it's it's a great hook you mm-hmm. know obviously you're you're interested and you want to know like why is this happening what is this all about yeah right and you know it just feels like a script element that they just decided to leave unresolved because it was too difficult you know to come up with something good because mm-hmm. uh, it is that's a really hard one to solve you know without yeah, yeah. getting into some real wonky territory um or real loose connections but like still that's you know that doesn't mean that's a good idea to just like leave it as a loose thread and go like i don't know you figure it out like you know it's like it, it kind of <laughs> like fuck you <laughs> you know this is not this is you know just because it's the 70s doesn't mean every movie needs this ambiguous ending you know yeah. Um, if you're trying to sell me on a thriller and then you sell me on this giant hook where, of course, the first question through your mind is like, holy shit, why is she seeing through the killer's eyes? You know, mm-hmm. and, and then they just, yeah, never even they never even like acknowledge it as a question. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's just there to be like, you know, a thing that the movie does to make it more compelling in a one sentence description to get people think- to come see the movie. I think maybe the reason I'm not uh, I'm not so like bothered by it is um, it's because I feel as because I feel like the 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 people who you know um, one of these days I'm actually gonna try and look for what was in like Carpenter's original script because I'm really interested now to to know yeah um, but I think maybe I think one of the reasons that I'm not so bothered by it is because. Uh, of like what I said in the beginning, like this is just like a Hollywood, you know, a, a remake or interpretation of a giallo and, and it's not to the point where it's just like they don't even understand what like uh, whatever executives or writers were like, oh, make these changes and we're not going to address it. It's just kind of like, you know, they don't even understand like what the like the Italian giallo is. So it's like for them watching a movie, it might be the equivalent of like, you know, uh, someone watching this and being like, oh yeah, well, or like you're, like you're saying, you know, what's, what's the reason she can see it? And it'll be like, well, I don't know. And it's just like, well, they don't know either. And it's just something that they don't care about. So it's like, okay, well then I can tell you, the creator don't care about it. So I'm not going to care about it either. Cause I know it's not going to be explained and just <laughs> kind of go on this dumb ride. So whatever, yeah. you well, know, I mean, okay. First off, that's not a great reason. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> That doesn't that doesn't excuse anything that I just brought up. <laughs> I'm not trying to excuse it. I'm yeah. just trying to say that like I know like it doesn't I mean But I don't I don't like think I, it, I enjoyed the movie, but it didn't bug me as much that yeah. there was no explanation as to why she could see. But more so I, I don't think this has anything to do with genre even though. I think that's just bad, lazy screenwriting. 
uh-huh. uh, and okay. bad filmmaking, and a very un-Hollywood. You know, Hollywood mm-hmm. likes to wrap everything up in a nice little bow and give yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you know, an explanation for everything. So the fact that they just left this, like, what is kind of the you know, central uh, narrative hook for the film, you know, completely yeah. open-ended and, like, not even addressed in any manner uh, whatsoever is, like, is mm. very un-Hollywood of them. Um, and again, it just, it's it's a strange choice that I don't think pays off in any substantive way and actually is detrimental in every superficial way. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, yeah, so that, you know, that just kind of bugged me about it. Um Gotcha, gotcha. I was just like, yeah, I, I kind of feel this. It kind of feels like in the end, you know, aside from, yeah, they had this scripted, you know, plot twist with Tommy Lee Jones that, you know, towards the end it started to feel to me like everyone was just kind of saying like, fuck it, let's just wrap this up. Yeah, right, right, you know? right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and that was one one giant thing in particular. that uh, So it was, you know, it was part of a larger kind of vibe I was getting from the end of the film that just made this feel like, you know, kind of one more thing that they were just like, you know what, does anybody even care anymore? Like, <laughs> right, right. And yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of the answer is no, but you know, I'm the type of asshole that likes to, I don't know, hold <laughs> on to that shit, <laughs> not let you get away with it. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, right, but, so, uh, but again, though, still glad I watched it. I mean, it was an interesting, yeah, same here. It, it has its moments. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I thought Faye Dunaway was actually like surprisingly good at playing a professional photographer as well. Mm-hmm. No, um, yeah, I agree. The scenes where she was like behind the camera, like doing photo shoots and stuff like that. She had a real kind of like, you know, focused, intense energy to her that, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've seen on photo shoots before and stuff like that. And certainly seen uh, photographers portrayed in other movies as well. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I thought she did a really good job with it. Um, I, I think I read something online that she was uh, either seeing or, you know, romantically entangled with to some degree. Um, some like real uh, hot shit fashion photographer uh, from the time yeah I read period. the same so, thing yeah yeah so he gave her a bunch of you know kind of pointers and stuff yes. and showed her how I to I liked uh, I liked the uh, uh, I liked Tommy Lee Jones um, his turtleneck game was oh point. yeah oh I man yeah was... no he was he's always good I I yeah especially like in seventies he's so young looking I know dude his <laughs> dude his eyelashes were crazy. Yes. Yeah, they were like yeah. sparkling. Yes. <laughs> you get oh, yeah. lost in those lashes. Oh I mean, yeah. That was <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, that was no. He was good too. I mean, yeah, he had a you know what what ended up being a a more difficult role to play. You know, kind of in retrospect as well, looking back on some of the scenes with him and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, I just. I just wish they didn't have to do like that forest scene and those fucking schmaltzy love scenes because those were just so ugh, yeah. <laughs> like deflating in a way. You know? 